All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Otaku Life with your gracious host, Kage. I've got a, a great guest, a multifaceted individual, very talented. Um, yeah, a lot of times we're going to go into that in the show. There's a really nice um, nerdy, entre- blurdy and nerdy entrepreneurship business, um, the Audacious Black Femme. Brandy, how you doing? I'm doing excellent today. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to have you on. Really, uh, I really, like I said, I really like to have um, nerdy, just uh, nerdy, blurdy uh, business owners on. I think that's really big, you know? It's like really, and then it's like what you do is like you connect other businesses and everything. So I think that's great. So for my listeners, can you just explain your business uh, for us? Of course. My name's Brandy Brown. I am the owner and president of the Audacious Black Femme. Uh, we're based out in Maryland, and we essentially host and we um, provide tables um, at conventions. So if you have uh, some inventory or you have a brand that you would like us to represent at a convention, we will do that for you, bring an experience. We will also have our own tables, and we will you know, give you an experience. And we also have a list, a special guest that we interact and network with that are very excited to join us on our adventure. So you guys will have the notoriety and the, you know, the the views that you would like. We help bridge the gap between the algorithm so that you can get the uh, traffic that you deserve. On top of that, we also work with other uh, black content creators and we do projects um, we work with cosplayers um, etc so you know that's what we do yeah that sounds awesome i might have to check that out you know i might have to uh check you know get in into that maybe hire you to promote me a little bit that'd be great <laughs> mm-hmm. um the thing is like even you know you um have a lot of um uh for, for uh please explain for uh, blurred. Um, I want to emphasize blurred because you mostly do your business with blurdy people and black people, black business in general. Can you explain in your own words what a blurred is? A lot of people don't know. Understood. Um, so, in my blurred is someone who is black who has a that um, they enjoy as a hobby that just so happens to be labeled under something that would be considered nerdy. So whether or not it's building figures, whether or not it's cosplaying, whether or not it's watching anime, uh, could be as simple as liking tabletop gamings or card games, your choice. But it's a very broad spectrum. And for me, you know, when I think of the word blurred, I think a lot of people gatekeep it a lot. And it's very, very broad. And it's really just black hobbyist, in my opinion. Um, I consider myself a blurred, even though I feel as though we are multifaceted. Um, but, you know, some people that gatekeep the term blurred will technically say you can't be blurred unless you watch anime, read manga, watch cartoons, etc. So that's my take on the term blurred. Yeah, like I said, like um, like you know, it's it's I don't know, it's to the point where anime back when when we came up, at like an anime is considered nerdy, but now things are more and more stream. But I know you like to read, you know, a lot. That's sounds like a nerd to me. So um, so Brandy, what's your uh favorite anime? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
so I wouldn't say that I have a favorite anime. I would say that I have a favorite genre. Um, I like anything dealing with horse or gambling. Um, I'm really into that type. Um, um, and then rarely I like things like, um, uh, like the show that zero two is in. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the show right now. Um, but I would say off the top of my head, one of the shows that I watch uh, would probably be Higurashi or even Given. Um, I'm really into Yaoi. And when are. I watch it, hmm? I said most women are. It's totally cool. You know? Yeah, I watched Given and then I watched uh, Banana uh, Fish. Banana Fish and Given, I will watch you know, any given amount of time, if it touches my heart, it makes me feel emotion. It is already in my top ever. Okay. Now you also, um, just wrote a book and started in October and, um, it's about, uh, three women, um, love erotica fantasy based on the Egyptian Norse and Greek gods. Correct. Little that bit. is correct. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, um, Brandy, because I feel as though um, reading is a lost art. Um, and I, I, I be telling people, like, hey, guys, you should read. And then they just look at me all funny. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's great that you're writing a book, too. Um, it kind of, uh, like I said, when I heard about the book you're writing, basically the characters are kind of, like, I feel like, from what you're explaining, the characters are kind of based one of the one of the characters kind of based on you. Like you just want to do everything you can, like get outside that um, nine to five mentality, and you just want to um, do your thing. Um, kind of like the um, the audacious black film, kind of like audacious showing meaning showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Yeah, correct. It kind of kind of sounds like you from from listening to you and everything like you just you out here trying to get it you know yeah you know i wanted to make sure that at least one of the characters embodied me she does a lot of this i wouldn't agree with but um she uh, as far as her personality we always want something greater we always feel like we're not satisfied we always feel like you know, we can be better than where we are. And that's, that's just who I am. And I don't sit there and I just don't complain about it. I literally make steps to get where I want to be. And I've been that way ever since I was younger. I really don't let anything sit in my way. I never graduated college, but I graduated high school. And a lot of people said, Brandy, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. You know, my first job was with the government and I've been working that job ever now I can use that as a way to start my own business. And um, I also have a beautiful family. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, it, that's awesome. Um, but it, I, I feel that, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like I'm finding like a lot of pe people out there just they're comfortable. You know what I mean? And um, that's why yeah, you got to uh, say take the bull by the horns and make your dreams come true. You know? Correct. Uh, Right. And so it's interesting because tell me a decision you made. You only do business with uh, black businesses. Correct. And what made you come to that decision? Um, well, I will say this. So a lot of my peers when I was younger who were creative were black. And 
I always studied how others through social media got big off of what they would do. And I remembered my peers were just satisfied with just having a hobby. And even though they loved it so much, they never wanted to bridge off from it. And so that created a fire in my heart that frustrated me. I said, why can't I help you? Why can't I get you where I think I would want you to be? And then it came to me, I had an epiphany and I said, I can't help others who don't want help. And so um, now I put all my time and my energy into others who want to get to that. People that are tired of being in the, I am open for commission status or I'll do you know some side work for you no now we're going bigger now you will get that nine to five that includes your hobby now you will get something that can sustain you now you can do what you love every day and that is you know part of our mission of everyone can eat yeah yeah I I feel that one um so that the way the way your um mentality is what you just said how everyone eat it kind of reminds me of another group that I know you're affiliated with. You ever, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Head Nurse in Charge, correct? Correct. Yeah. So tell me about your affiliation with them because I feel what exactly what you're saying. I feel like that's their mission too. And I, I think that's great, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't say that we have a relationship, but I will say that we have partnered on some things. Uh, I know that we, when we tried our box venture and we were working with our black creators, we had a game show around the week of Christmas and I was very appreciative of them for allowing us to work with them to do these, you know, shows. And I love the guests, you know, I loved Oni, Teffy, um, black unicorn. Um, I liked Curtis. Everybody was awesome. I loved the vibe. Um, I feel like we're all going for the same thing. Um, um, I know they're extremely busy. Um, I know that we will be at head nerds and charge con and we'll be hosting a table. Um, but you know, that's the extent of our relationship, but I do feel as though our goals are matched. I just feel as though that they are um, where I would like to be today, um, except not, you know, media driven, but with um, sustainability driven, making sure that um, they have opportunities and these, uh, you know, these avenues to be where they want to be. There's, you know, they get the eyes that they need and um, specifically towards media, but towards sustainability. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why um, I, I definitely believe in H&IC. Um, it's like you said, because I remember in an interview you had mentioned their name. Uh, yeah, they, they feel like they go just what you said, trying to make sure everybody can eat out here, which brings me to uh, another question. How do you feel about black the controversy right now, especially on a certain media platform called TikTok, mm-hmm. where a lot of uh, black content creators are like creating things that are like really great but then the non-melanated counterparts steal it and get rich you know what i'm saying how do you feel about that happening to be clear i assume you're asking me how black cosplayers aren't getting the notoriety of their other peers not, not no not not cosplayers but just black content creators you know yes you know like you know they say like um what happened like one thing, like one, like the the black uh, TikTokers would make these dances, and then the next thing I know, they're in a video game, and they're not getting paid, or 
the non-melanated counterparts come up with the same, like, kind of copy them and then kind of like, you know? And yeah, then, and if I yeah. were to respond to that, I would, uh, I would say um, it is our fault as a community for not being there for them. When, and the reason why I say that is because, um, and, you know, I'll take the blame for it as well. I think it's a shame that it happens, but I think that us of a Black community able to come together and say you're making this this is your art let me teach you about trademarking oh this is what you want this is what you do let's create a business and we're not protecting our community as others protect their community they'll take advantage of us they will see what we do they will see our art and immediately say let me profit off of it and so i will say that that is how i feel about it i feel as though if i was present for you know that debacle i would have said hey buddy let's start the process of getting this whole thing trademarked because you're not going to be able to get the notoriety that you deserve no that was really very well put um okay so on that note we're gonna um take a commercial break and we'll be right back all right and we're back so Brandy, I know you spent some time in Japan. That's every otaku who hasn't even been to Japan's dream. I know I like that. Correct. How was that for you? Me? Did a lot of research. <laughs> you did a lot of research on me. Well, yeah, you know, gotta, you know, gotta keep you on, you know what I'm saying? Gotta keep you vested, you know? Invested in Yeah, I um yeah, so I wanted to go on, on a, I've always wanted to travel out of the country. And the first country I wanted to visit was Japan. And I met, um, I, we went, I think it was the year after we got engaged and we wanted to take a group friend trip to, and, you know, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, our friends, uh, my spouse and I, we went over there um, for two weeks and a lot of people were like Brandy that's too long why would you go there for two weeks and that's because we wanted to enjoy you know the country some of my friends wanted to visit the countryside I know that we um, wanted to public transportation and not do the tourist route of everything and I ended up feeling as though that was the best way to enjoy it we um, we got an Airbnb I think it was like two thousand dollars for two weeks and i was like this is bomb which would have been was hotel um we grocery shopped and cooked every day we um i think i went to a cooking class um my it was my birthday you know time so uh, my spouse and i we went out and we had like a, a nice date day uh, of course we went to shibuya we went and saw the tokyo tower um some of my friends went to go stay at a um a uh what do you call that i think it was a ryokin um where it had like, like an old school temple and they enjoyed themselves overnight um we slept on uh, tatami mats slept on beds uh we had a real post the whole idea of taking public transportation was amazing it was significantly not expensive they had like underground malls like new york um i went crazy um you know, while, you know, those are all the great, you also got to look at some realities. Like, for example, how people of Japan don't typically see a lot of Black. 
been um, cut off from the world, you know, from, you know, before the 60s. So I think around 60 something, they started opening up their borders. And so when we went there, we only saw people of Indian and Caucasian descent. We maybe saw maybe two black people, but they were at an arcade and, you know, my spouse is very tall. And so when they saw them walking down the street, they were very scared of them. When we went to 7-Eleven, there were a lot of five foot men. They got really upset and felt very, um, you know, um, jealous, you know, and they would show that, you know, people, I went over there with some uh, twist and a lot of women were like, how do you do that? And they'll touch your hair. And I feel while it's different than if someone of Caucasian descent did it, I feel as though it shows how much of a closed off country they were and how they really don't um, focus much on black culture and how they really don't care about us and how um, they'll look at us as tourists and say, wow, that's great. But then when it comes to things like living there and such, difficult to get a job it's very difficult to get a place to stay you know etc so they make it very hard for you so you know while it's very innovative and amazing i feel like we should do something like that for black people just as they have done for their people and you know other than that i enjoyed myself that's good that's good so like i said that's some of my bucket list i would like to do one day and that's cool that you got to experience that now um I've been to, I saw your table at Katsukon. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see you. I saw some of your staff and team members. They was cool. Um, um, what, um, and then so that I feel as though, like, what a lot of um, nerdy businesses don't do is, like, they don't go to conventions, you know what I'm saying? Or people that aspire to do big things, they don't go to conventions. And I feel like, at a convention, that's where you can literally like reach out and touch like power players that's doing, you know what I'm saying? You never know who you run to at these conventions, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I know you you've been to conventions before. Um one I know one of which was Otacon. Um, do you uh regularly go to conventions? Uh like nerdy conventions or not as much as I used to in my early twenties and teenage years. I mostly hit up Otakon because it was the weekend where I could leave home. My parents let me be independent. I had a job. I got my own hotel. Um, You know, I would always be super bougie. You know, I always felt like I wanted to buy everything in the dealer's room. Um, I always, that's where I mainly hung out. The dealer's room, I went to the rave and, you know, I went home. I went to the hotel and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you sound like you, you know what to do. Um, I feel like a lot of people that's like trying to break into the nerd game, a lot of them like they, they'll say they'll be in it, but then once they experience it, I feel like it, it ain't really their scene for real. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And you have to understand what the culture is and you have to understand where your niche is because you have to be careful when you go to these conventions because there's a lot of people of you there is you know you know you have your typical convention pedophiles you have your typical convention people who want to have orgies all the time Mm -hmm. you know you have people who just want to go there and cosplay so you need to know what your scene is first know how to keep safe and then have fun yeah because it's like at katsukon i was seeing that there's a lot of 
like behind like what they do is i feel it's like what they do when something real wild happens they'll kind of cover it up and not yeah. like um not make it public you know what i'm saying because they don't you know what i'm saying want to mess up what they got going on but like you said like especially i be telling like i, I know girls ladies that want to go black ladies that want to go to these conventions i'm like look do not go alone you know what i'm saying because people be on some weird stuff you know what i'm saying yeah, I actually had a friend who I went to Otacon with one year and she was um, she was under 18 and there was a guy who kept trying to pull her away and try to, you know, get her to go back to the hotel room. And if it wasn't for the fact that I paid attention, she would have gotten in trouble that night. And it's it's you know, everything gets covered from, you know, sexual harassment to, I remember the whole glomping phase, everybody was in it, but then, you know, it was a whole thing of don't test women's breasts with, you know, especially yeah. without consent and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do cover it up so that they can have, you know, the culture, but also have, you know, some, you know, they, especially yeah. in conventions is a marketing game. So we even have the debacle that happened with blurred cons and how, um, their whole mission and their whole statement is to promote black creative content makers, but because they made a poor marketing decision before they, because they made such a blunder, they caused their brand tarnished because they allowed someone who was not black to represent them, uh, moving forward. I get, I don't know for how long, but it messed up their brand. Yeah, that was kind of messed up and everything. But besides that, like, I feel like places like, besides that little, like, I feel like black dirty spaces are needed. You know what I'm saying? Blurry kind. Because, like I said, like, just like you said, man, like, I mean, ma'am, just like you said, mm-hmm. like, a lot of stuff, like, uh, the non-melanated people, when they victimize the uh, the black people, they ain't the security. I mean, they, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's a cover-up. Just like you said, there's a problem with people touching people's breasts and shit. Yeah, what I seen what they do. They'll just run up and grab on you, then run away. You know mm-hmm. Or they're like, you know how like you be in certain places and you're trying to get by. It was like, oh, they, they won't let you by. They'll push you around, stuff like that. But it's usually been positive, but it's just like the certain dangers of st- certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? With more like I, I've been in like nerdy places where I, I seen like a group of women, black women, and then like I had my homies with me and just having us there like kind of like just being around they knew we was cool they kind of like let their hair down a little more because they knew like people look out for them you know what i'm saying so yeah i'm starting to think that there is just an unchecked culture coming to these conventions that think that they can do anything because they see it in anime and they'll, you know, then they'll go on. If somebody complains about it, they'll go on to social media and they'll say things along the line of, Oh, you know, you know, they, they know what to expect. It's a convention. It's an anime convention. You don't see women going around grabbing penises. You don't see. They do that that, though. Not, not no black girls, but you know, people start drinking and stuff. They get a little handsy. Yeah. Yeah. Player, so I know how this game go. I've taught the male cosplayers, and women do that. They women do that. Trust me, believe they do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 it's. 
I understand that there is a sense of community there. However, that doesn't excuse harassment. That doesn't yeah. excuse sexual harassment. Um, it always needs to have a consent behind it. And then you have to deal with the culture of, you know, like I was at KatsuCon and I was assisting my, my staff with bringing things back to the car. And like you said, there's a lot of drinking going on. Right. But guess what? While there's a lot of drinking, guess who else goes to conventions? Minors. No one monitors anything. No one anything about it. And they just say, oh, you know, it's their fault. And, you know, with the way that, you know, the cultures of cosplay, you know, some, you know, security guards that might be there might not even even notice. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I was saying, like, you know, it, it can it can go get wild at the cons. And I'm glad you had the experience to know exactly what be happening. Uh, yes. And that's why we have to be careful. Know our community. Hand, go in, have fun, go home. That's yeah. my advice. Okay, yeah. So on a on a more uh, lighter note, let me talk about cosplay. So you you have cosplayers on your team, and um, correct. Are you um, so are you a cosplayer yourself? I used to be, okay. but I'm not. I don't like to dress up a lot, and so I felt as though I didn't. I wouldn't be able to keep up with the cosplay game. Um, and that I'm so hyper-focused on certain things that, you know, you know, it's not, you know, something I would continue, um, going towards, but, you know, other than that, um, yeah, I did use to cosplay. I used to cosplay as, uh, Nail from Bleach, Yurichi. Um, I cosplayed as a girl from Gunslinger Girl, because I used to play the violin, so I had my violin case. Um, I cosplayed as a character from Chibi Vamp uh, or Karen. Those were my really, you know, big, you know, favorite shows at that time. But that was the extent of it. Oh, okay. So you, I didn't know you had experience like that in the cosplay game. It's very refreshing because I feel as though like um, nerdy entrepreneurs that, especially in the nerdy realm, if you're a cosplay, I feel like you low-key have an edge um, more so than like a regular regular person because um instead just the cosplay culture in general and the fact that um i, I noticed like in uh, black nerd spaces i feel like um in the cosplay scene the cosplay scene is run by um black women you know what i'm saying i feel it's like it's low-key like uh the fashion industry you know correct and if my head attests this as well cosplaying is the 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 bridge that I think a lot of people need when it comes to marketing. I feel as though cosplayers just don't know how to dress, but they know how to market. And that's why I respect them. Um, I feel as though they can utilize their hobbies and their creativity to do business. And it doesn't always have to have like a negative connotation to it. Um, you know, of course, everybody's free to, you know, utilize their talents they like but if we talk about it in the business situation i think if you can master those you are a shoo-in master what again uh business and cosplay yeah business of business marketing business cosplay i feel as though if you can master those that is a good uh business um outlet for you 
Okay. Um, now we're coming to our end of a show, but one thing I want to talk about, I was like, you went to language school, correct? I did go to a language school near me for a while. And what language did you um, study? So I'll start by saying this. Ever since I was in ninth grade, I studied Japanese and Spanish. Mm-hmm. Those are the only languages that came easy to me. I took a little bit of sign language because I wanted to go um, into a different career path. Um, those are the two languages that I focused on. Yeah, those are some, honestly, those are some great, I feel like those two languages, those are some of the best languages to learn right now. Honestly, that's what I would like to learn, Spanish and Japanese, but I probably want to learn Japanese first so I don't have to watch subtitles when I go, to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and I watch anime. And then Spanish, that's like the, on sec, you know, everything, uh, I think you definitely have a leg up doing that. Uh, I feel like if you so I always like learning things that had a pattern so like I learned the violin I learned the saxophone the clarinet the the, the stand-up bass you know um, everything has a a method to the madness and I feel as though if you learn that method it's easy mm-hmm. yeah I was thinking about taking Rosetta Stone you know yes yeah, I was gonna do just studying everything. Talking about, you know, I feel like just like just learning having another language besides your uh, language you was known will help you immensely in business. You know, correct. Uh, I can't speak fluently, but I can talk to a, a kid. So yes, <laughs> I mean, you know, as long as you can communicate. Um, I just um. Uh, is there now you had now I, I checked your website out it's not done yet correct i don't think it's correct done. so i um recently i've been utilizing our website for promotions uh for short periods of time but now that we have done an extensive amount of networking um we're finally in the stage where we're about to get our websites uh, revamped so it'll no longer look like I made something in high school. Now we'll look professional, it will have tracking, it will have um, a whole setup and an algorithm and everything. So um, we're looking into upgrading our website. So right now it is down because we're not selling anything, but it will be rebooted. Um, and it'll probably be up before May. I'm hoping um, end of March, April. Okay. Now you just said a key word. Um, I want you to explain a little bit how how doing the type of business you do and uh, meeting different people, how networking is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will say this: networking, especially in the field of business that I'm doing, is extremely important. And let me tell you why. As you guys all know, I started my business in October of last year. And so one may say, Brandy, how did you get so much notoriety off of being on social media for October, November, December, January, February, five or six months, right? And that is because I met Juasu Lee and he runs Juasu Graphics and he um, liked what my vision was and has supported me ever since then. And from Juasa Lee, I talked with him. I got his point of view on, you know, the business and everything. He, you know, he was with me through my mistakes. He was with me through my growth. And um, to the to the extent of the fact that, you know, I started networking with people 
head nerds in charge. You know, that's how I, I, I even knew them. I networked with people like Brian from, you know, Between Magic and Dreams, Jason from the of Andromeda, um, Art Book One, who has an awesome art book, so Born Again Thugs, and now we're partnering to have programs. You know, if it wasn't for someone taking a chance on me and hearing me and knowing what my vision was and coming with me every step of the way, um, it would have never happened. And, I, you know, it's funny because my spouse asked me, Brandy, you know, you trust all these, you know, um, strangers on the internet to run your business. And if it wasn't for the fact that I trusted a mini Minaj or a block lead from Modcast mafia, I would have never had this business. I can't always travel everywhere, but I can network. And that is one of my skill sets and I can manage. That is one of my skill sets. We're managing a project now between a whole bunch of media, um, podcasters, cosplayers, and my sales team, as well as our special guests on bringing you extreme experience. And so, you know, um, again, if I never network, if I never trusted, I, I gave my inventory to people I have never met and I trained them and we worked together and they went to KatsuCon and guess what? They, um, we work together on project management. They are very professional. Uh, I never thought I would have that experience through networking through Instagram. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I'm I'm still learning. Because I, I see you on Instagram and you post a lot of cool stuff. I try to reply and everything. Because I, I, I definitely believe in you. I was um I was able to sit in on one of your um business meetings and just like what y'all had planned and you know what I'm saying? How the, everything structures. I'm really excited to see your um, brand grow, you know? So, um, uh, Brandy, what conventions will you be at this year? So, while not every table has been paid for, we are, because they haven't sent us an invoice, we will be going to HBCU Con. We will be going to MomoCon, uh, DreamCon, Headners in Charge Con, AWA, Dragon Con, and um, we will be hitting up Wilmington Geek Expo. Uh, we wanted to hit one convention, meet our three convention mark, and it just so happens that it's in April and we can hit it. And, you know, uh, we want to continue bringing this extreme, you know, experience to you guys. And that's why we started the Kickstarter so that we can jumpstart everything and we can get this ball rolling. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's get it. Okay, Brandy. So we come to our end of our show. Um, where can uh, my listeners um, follow you or check what you got going on? I'm so glad you asked. We're on Instagram under the Audacious Black Femme. We are also on TikTok under the Audacious Black Femme. Um, we partner with different people. You'll see different projects posted on there. Um, we do have a Facebook, but it's not as active. We do have a Twitter. I don't know how to use it. So you will mostly see me on Instagram and TikTok. Okay, yeah. So <clears throat> is there any uh, closing remarks you'd like to make, Brandy? Yes, please check.
my Kickstarter and my bio on, on Instagram, it talks about how we're trying to improve the experience and how we want everybody to come along with us on the way in the form of Black creative content creators. Check out the rewards. We have all of our prices at a discount, and I think it will benefit you. So check it out and, you know, send me a message. All right. Well, all right, Brandy. Thanks for coming. Definitely, definitely look forward to what the Audacious Black Femmes got cooking up. So, all right, guys, we'll see you later. All right, thanks. Talk to you soon.